everybody. Welcome to another episode of What's Brewing here on part of Black and Gold Productions. I'm your host, Chris Nozick. We have a an asterisk special episode today for you because it was supposed to be Mike and I with uh, with our colleague, Chris Davis, who spent the week over at Development Camp. But instead, it is me and our CEO and founder, Mr. Mark Allred, instead. Mark, thanks for joining us and filling in in such an emergency capacity. How are you? Ah, good. Not bad. Uh, happy to fill in. You know, we're a team here. We, we'll, we'll find people to, to talk Bruins. There's no doubt about that. But, um, you know, shout out to... To Mike, uh, hopefully he's okay, uh, you know, driving to Logan. I know how much of a pain in the ass that, that is, especially with the Storo Drive and everything shut down. So, um, At least he doesn't have to deal with players leaving dev camp anymore. But Yeah, right. We already have the one, the only, Dominic Tiano jumping in the in the comments already. George is in the house. I, I'm not sure. Uh, George. Yeah. I, I thought that was something you might know. I don't. That's the first time I've ever been called George. <laughs> I, I got to say this, though. So, call- obviously, like I said, we're going to talk about development camp. What was that? Nothing. Uh, uh, last week, we had Dom on the show, and he made a couple good points as far as things to look out for at development camp. And, Dom, I, I know you're in the comments. I see exactly what you're saying about Brett Harrison. <laughs> oh, he says that's his name tonight. He is George tonight so george i see exactly what you see in uh brett harrison mark when when you look at a player like that what do you see as far as um where he could go and then i'll I'll fill you in a little bit on on kind of the things i was noticing i'm not sure if they'll match or not so still a work in progress for me um watching his games as as dom knows uh i i talk to him a lot on the uh, DMs when I'm watching some can, uh, Canadian hockey. Um, I think he's still got a lot more to prove. I know this was just development camp and so on, but uh, he wasn't exactly a, a huge standout for me in my limited time when I was uh, available to watch. Um, but work in progress, you know. I, I, he's going to be going into his first pro year, full season of the uh, with the Providence Bruins, and you know, the sky's the limit for him and how he, uh, you know, grabs on to that opportunity because it's it's big for him. You know, it is a first-year uh, entry-level player. Um, you know, there's going to be more opportunities. But I think early this Boston Bruins organization needs to know what exactly they have from him moving forward. So, for me, it's a very big year for him in the uh, uh, with the Providence Bruins uh, upcoming season. Sorry. Absolutely. Palmer jumping in. Hello to you as well, sir. Right now we're discussing mostly Brett Harrison in particular, but development camp, all those questions are welcome right now. Palmer. What up? <laughs> uh, you said he didn't really stick out to you. The things the, the things that stuck out for me were not good. Um, a lot of what I was seeing from him was not not going in with the body, mostly trying to get sticks work in there. He was constantly being beat in front of the net in in net front present battles and board battles and i mean the guy is 6'2 right now 185 pounds i know people flack on carlo a lot because he doesn't move his body around but brandon carlo also defends the the gaps he defends in other ways and prevents other plays from happening brett harrison was not making plays because he seemed a little shy if that if if that makes sense 
if if he can yeah. get, I think I think it's confidence. I truly do. Because if he can get some time in Providence, get in front of the net, see some of this stuff start to work, then I think it'll click really well for him, and they have something. But boy, if it does not click for him in that way, then they they got to dump him soon because he's going to become a very depreciated asset if he can't figure that part out. And right, well, obviously the he's only, born, so there's time. The only the only reason why I'm thinking this way is because I'm I'm like I'm using the Fabian Lysel theory right now. How everybody just hyped this kid up. I, I, you know, he's a first round pick, exciting. He's going to be the next right wing on this Boston Bruins team. And we just really haven't seen him translate to all that hype yet, you know? And I honestly, I, I, I don't know about the burnout. I, I, I'm not a player and so on. I never have been, so I really don't know. But I just, uh, he's, he, you know, he's a player that I just almost didn't really notice either, either in the, in the limited time I was at dev camp. So. Um, I, I think I, I think Harrison's just got to take this first year and really run with it because I think I think it's important for the for the the, the team to look at the landscape up the middle and find out where we're going with uh, post Bergeron post Krejci. Yeah, and, and he's definitely someone who has the tools. And I think Dom pointed out there was a game that he helped score the game winning goal on, but he also made a, a very soft play that caused a turnover to cause the game tying goal in the first place. So. The little things like that definitely need work. And, you know, again, obviously last year, 36 points with the Windsor Spitfires uh, and 33 with the Oshawa Generals. He split the season almost 50-50. So you're talking about a guy with, you know, 69, 70 points across 57 games. There's talent there. And I'm by no yeah. stretch am I saying is is he someone to give up on. But to your point, you know, he he's at the Providence level now. We need to start to see it. And this is someone who, at 20 years old, to your point, they just they need time. Yeah. I'm not throwing the towel in on the kid, but I'm just saying right now, he's not ready. And, and that's the whole point of development camp is they're not ready just yet. But Abby has a good question. What did you think I of to touch Nathan? on? Well, go ahead. Now, but I, I, we'll get back to Abby's because I don't want to lose this. Um, no, we won't. I'm probably going to lose it right now. But the biggest thing about Brett Harrison that I found – uh, his numbers were outstanding last year in the CHL, no doubt about that. But it was he didn't stop his offense because of a trade. You know what I'm saying? That didn't affect him at all. His point production kept the same. So um, obviously, you know, getting coached by Mark Savard is is huge as well. But leaving leaving uh, when um, Oshawa and also starting the year off with a broken leg, you know, and then and then producing those points and right after he's healthy. And then that transition over to Windsor. So, um, so Dom says there's no guarantee he'll be in Providence because he has one more year of OHL eligibility. Well, he he has one year of eligibility, but he's still a 20 year old. So he, he I, I can go know. back. At, he can go back as an overager. Over. I don't even know if I said that right. Sorry. Given given his production, like I said, you know, 27 points, 27 games with Oshawa, 33 points. And then to your point, the split 30 games with Windsor and then 36 points there. I want to see what he can do at Providence. You know, I, I think he needs a little bit of the taste of the extra physicality that the American Hockey League can, will present yep. to him yep. to almost to almost smack him in the face. You know, smack him up to the reality that this isn't as easy as it was down in juniors. And then if he can still go back down, 
then you can send him back down so he can round out his game. Like, right. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him in Providence, but if it's going to ruin an eligibility of uh, a year of eligibility in the O, I mean, you know, he's 20 years old. He's a couple years away at best, but there's promise. He's just got to work on his game. I, I wanted to point it out, though, to Dom, because he, he brought it up last week. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, it, it was blatant. It was easily seen. So if, if I'm seeing it, obviously, I'm sure the team is seeing it because I definitely don't scout for the team. <laughs> right. So, but we'll go back to Abby's question. What did you think of Mason Lori at camp? Fabulous all week. And what I heard after the days I couldn't attend was uh, amazing as well. So uh, by far the best uh, player out there displaying a lot of good things that you want to see even in camp, even in a development camp like this. You know, it's just, these are really good opportunities to show the brass that you're coming in, you're training well away from the organization and so on. And and you, you know what it's like to be a Boston Bruin day in and day out. You're starting the process now, even though you're not there on the regular basis. I think Mason Lorai is going to be around Boston for this summer, and he's going to try for a, a roster spot. You know, it's it's. I don't know if it's going to happen, but that that's good things that you see out of like development camp. Like, oh, this kid really wants to impress, uh, you know, the the Bruins brass. And and I'm going to be honest with you, I wasn't really overly thrilled with a lot of these players in this this development camp. Was very, I don't know, kind of flat, stale for me. It was just nothing really exciting. It's like I really thought Fabian Lysel was going to be just a a better, you know, performer out there with the skills and so on. And I understand he might still have concussion issues and blah blah blah. But yeah, the you know, day I, I was there, he was in the red non-contact jersey, so that was there yeah. on Tuesday. Um, I, I I wonder how much they're trying to hold him back a little bit just to make sure he's a hundred percent, but. I mean, he, he does look promising. So I, I think one of the things that's going to come up a lot too is, is waiver exemptions. Like Mason Lora is exempt from waivers. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts the season in Providence and he gets called up as your seventh defenseman if someone gets hurt. You know, like, because you're going to want to carry 7D regardless. And I think you'll oh. see a rotation. Yeah. If Mason Lora plays really well down in Providence and, you know, the trade deadline is approaching and I don't know, is that some, there's a lot of stuff going around that Grizzly might be an option to be moved then, um, you know, Forbert, if he's still around and playing well to increase a little bit of value that somebody's going to be attracted to take him, you know, they might move those players out just to get a roster spot like Mason involved. But that's all, that's all on Mason and how he plays down in Providence. Now I will say that, uh, you know, I cover the uh, Providence Bruins pretty regularly. I'm no expert or anything like that, but from what I see, just Mason's got to just get his all-around game going. He does have all the intangibles of being a really good young defenseman in this league, but I just think that he needs at least a half a year to round out that that pro that pro game. You know? Yeah, I can very much see them being a team that moves a guy like Grizzlick or Forbort or you know even Zborrel at the trade deadline just to bump him up and say, all right, you're there, get the rest of this half of the season, and we're going to figure out where in this lineup you you fit in, ultimately. Because that's the other part, is, is he's got to fit in. 
And the last thing you want to do is be like, okay, well, you're going to go and pair with McAvoy on the first pair. Good luck. Like, ease yeah. the kid into it a little bit if you can. Um, Dom also mentioned we were talking about Harrison. It's the same situation yeah. with uh, Brene. McQuaid said he wants him in Providence, but Victoriaville is an option. Fair. That's what, and that's what he, that's what he told us media members on Monday. Because uh, uh, Adam McQuaid was the uh, the post camp um, celebrity, if you will. But um, yeah, that's what he said. He's just you know, he's an option to go back. But reading McQuaid's body language. He's, I think, eager to get him at the AHL level. You know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. I, I really think that Adam works very well with some of these young prospects, like Brunei, uh, like Mast, like Edwards. And, and you want to talk about somebody that was nasty in day one that what I watched? Edwards came out like, I don't give a shit this is camp or not. This is oh, my oh, chance God. to, yeah, my chance to show that I can be a dickhead no matter what level, no matter what year, uh, uh, part of the year. And he was well, speaking of dickheads. We, we got Sully sitting in traffic right now, Jesus. hoping he can make it back. He, he, <laughs> says, that gotta, he says that you got to get a towel on your shoulders to go with the water bottle. So I don't know. You want me to get, you want me to go get my goalie gear too, Sully? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it does go into to Palmer's question. Do you think Sweeney's going to do something else? We have a few others that kind of dance around this. Uh, obviously Jason saying that he hopes Borrell gets a chance to play, which I do think counts as something else because yeah, of the injury a... and stuff. That'll be a big move. So Borrell's going to get his chance to play. Absolutely. But a guy like Mason Lowry is going to push him. Mason oh, Lowry is going to push a couple other people, you know, Hey, you know, this kid's, you know, waiting in the wings to, to get some games. But even though I think it's a, uh, a little premature to get him in the starting lineup. I I do think that he could very well be there by let's say de- December or January. Hey, going into next season, you very well could be looking at your left side with Lindholm's Borrell and Lorai. That very well could be a thing for the twenty four season. Ah, <laughs> uh, Dom said he can't see your T shirt. Uh, it's probably well, when he the shooter tutor. <laughs> the shooter tutor, great. You know what's uh, funny is I can't see Dom's body when he's on my podcast. This is all you see. <laughs> uh, Dom, we got to get you back on some more. But oh, uh, ho- hopefully he's great cool. guy. Uh, I love I love his stories too. Uh, Beth has a good question though. There's chatter. Is there anything to potentially Jake DeBrus being on the trade block? I've heard the New York Islanders are fishing around. The way I look at it is is it, it's a fit for them to make the phone call. So I'm sure there's a little bit of truth to the chatter, but that doesn't mean that Don Sweeney is sitting here going, all right, well, let's make this work this way. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. GMs aren't doing their job if they're not trying to get their team better. Jake DeBrus would make the Islanders better. He would make a lot of – he would make 31 it, other teams out there yes. better. No, exactly. So, of course, as much as his that. pundits would say, you know, that's blasphemy. But um, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not at that point right now that I'm ready to, like, move on from a player like him, especially with, with what we have right now. I mean, we just free agency just came in pass. We don't know what these current players that are coming in are going to do in this type of system, chemistry and so on. Um, so I would like to stick with him. I know he's got one more year left. 
I know we're going to be a little cap constrict uh, going into next year as well. We, we might need to shed a uh, significant salary and get some capital back on the on the draft uh, for 2024. I could see Jake DeBrus going with something else for like a package if needed. You know, as long as it gets you something that you can you can invest on you. You and your scouting team went out there and did your due diligence on on finding a player that is first round caliber, and you bring him through the system. I I I really want to draft this a little bit better because I'm so sick and tired of hearing these fucking rankings. See, they Dom, drive me absolutely nuts. Dom hit the nail right on the head that I was gonna say. Debrusca is exactly the type of player that you move at the trade deadline if you're out of it. Yeah. You know, if you're out of it, if you need to make a move, if you're like, because to TB's question, at what dollar amount on his next deal do we trade him? I think (laughs) he legitimately could become a six to six and a half million kind of player. Now, that that is just where his production is going to be. That being said, if you don't want to pay him six million dollars a year, I understand that. If you would rather allocate your funding some other way, I understand that. Now, you could, based off of where you are at the deadline, what you see from, in particular, Mason Lorai and Fabian Lysel, you could put together a package that includes Matt Grizzlick and Jake DeBrusque to move those two guys up your organization. Again, it depends on where you are. If you're out of the playoff race or fringe playoff race, if those two guys show you enough down in Providence that they can elevate in the national, then fine. But as Dominic points out here, we talked about it last week, going into next season, you have $30 million to work mm-hmm. with. And the cap's projected to go up. And so with that, I would say, why can't you pay Jake DeBrusque $6, six million? You're absolutely you right with his production. Uh, the player right now, if it keeps going... If it keeps going into next season, you, you know, you use his value as a trade asset and you also use it at moving forward. If you're trying to, you know, if you're still in the inner workings of constructing a potential Stanley Cup team, I'm not calling that next year. Like I didn't call it last year, but, you know, obviously the season was just a, a, a weird one for everybody. Uh, the way it started with you know so many players being out and so on, I I, I thought there were going to be a wild card to be honest. Oh yeah, no, but, I, I, that's where everybody was. The saying going into last year was just tread water. Yeah, just tread water. <laughs> keep your head up. <laughs> keep your head above the water. And when McAvoy comes back, when McGrizzlick comes back, when Marshan comes back, let's also not forget Marshan coming back from double hip surgery. He's a year removed from that now. He's going to probably be a totally different player from the looks of it. Yeah, we don't know whether it's good or bad, but. Again, $30 million. I mean, think about this. That is more than David Pasternak, Brad, Brad Marchand, and Charlie McAvoy right now. Like, you get to bring in three more of those guys collectively with $30 million. And Jason mentions one here. If Lindholm doesn't want to stay and sign in Calgary, could see a fit for DeBrusque trade. Calgary is tired of losing guys, and DeBrusque probably wouldn't mind going back to Alberta. Um yeah, that makes sense. It, does it does make, make sense. some sense. I just don't know if here's the thing. If Lindholm doesn't want to sign in Calgary and you have thirty million dollars, why trade Jake DeBrusque if he wants to re-sign with you when you can get 
uh, Elias Lindholm for cap space. Not only that, is Jake DeBrus going to want to go to a team like the Calgary Flames that are pretty much in a full rebuild right now? Right. Honestly, at that point, I'd rather say, hey, Jake, if you take six instead of the six five that you want, we can go and get Elias Lindholm and make our team better. And based off of our locker room, that kind of (laughs) works. They buy into that. But to me, it's not about just going home, you know, uh, for Jake DeBrusque. To me, I would think that he would want to go to a contender. I would, But he's also got no trade protection, right? Um, he has, I don't think it, we could send him anywhere we want to. Exactly. So uh, I just, I I also look at Calgary though. When I go is is Elias Lindholm, the guy. And I, and I mean that in the sense that he saw significant production drop when he lost Gaudreau and when he uh, lost, um, uh, Kachuk. Now, that's not to say that if you put him between a Martian and a Pasternak, he can't find it again. I, I fully well believe that he can. But here's the problem is you only have Martian for one more season after this. He will be 37 at that point. He will have had double hip surgery. He may either decide to walk away. If Bergeron's gone by then, he'll probably be gone by then. So... Yes, if that's what we were talking about for the long term, I'm right there with you. But is he going to be able to elevate his game with? Because I want to leave Pasternak next to next to Zaka, because that chemistry was good. So now, who are you going to play Lindholm with? I'm not quite sure that I want to invest the almost eight million dollar contract into the guy who needs the guys on his wing. If that makes sense. It's true. And if and if Calgary wants to invest in a player like that, then they believe him up the middle by also complementing him with younger players that he can grow with. You know, it, it's all about a, re- a happy relationship. You know, which who knows if it is or not. So, right. I mean, it sounds like there's a lot with the relationship with that organization right now for a lot of people. So, you know, we're we're going to start to get some answers, but they're not going to come soon enough. Uh, Matrix jumping in, evening fellas, how you doing? And John says, let's face it, this will be the last season everyone will want to forget. Dude, this guy is such a Debbie Downer all the freaking time. Come on, John Brown. You were so you, you, so much better than this. So much better than this. John, now you're just trolling. The last one or the one we're going into? Because the one we're going into has got a lot to look forward to. The one that we came out of had a lot to bring you up and a lot to be excited about. Did it end the way we wanted it to? No. But there was a 31 out of 32 chance that it wasn't going to end the way we wanted it to. So go ahead. If you want to be sad and depressed and, you know, fuck this, fuck that, whatever, that's fine. But just know that that's not where we're at. We're looking forward here because there's a lot of exciting players to talk about. Um, As Sully mentioned, our youth is better than people think. Wicked underrated. Got to be Boston. Wicked underrated. Merkulov has emerged. Uh, Poitra, he looked pretty good. His hands, they are oh, really yeah. solid right there. Lori Lacell, who we were talking about, Johnny Beecher. And, and that's not just for this organization either. Because now as we're talking about it too, you know, if you're increasing a player's value like Jake DeBrusque and you package a guy like Johnny Beecher with them, now you're getting something in return for him that's that's even better. So, yeah. yeah. 
we're excited for the season. We're going into it as underdogs. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued how this whole thing is going to work out. With we're going, it seems like we're getting heavier and more veteran laden. And you know, it. it I don't know. It's, there's a there's another philosophy going on that obviously worked in the regular season last year and didn't translate to the to the postseason this year. Um, but in the postseason, you got to finish. And also, I I am such a huge pundit now. If you're injured, we got to go with a healthy guy. We already tried this out and it didn't work. Yeah. I think we can agree. And I don't care I don't care where you are in the Hall of Fame in the future. If you know, if you're not playing up to 100% in a situation like this, yeah. Please sit. Let's see. Do you think the Leafs trade 88 cuz they are 8 million over the or or trade some guys cuz they're 8 million over? Um they're an interesting one because they need they have just enough cap space if they LTIR Muzzin and Matt Murray. I just don't know if they'll be able to get away with putting Matt Murray on LTIR. I think he's more healthy than than that. So I do think they're going to end up trading someone, and, and Nylander seems to be the guy because they can't come to a deal with him at all, and they won't come to a deal with him until Matthews is done, but they got to get Mar- uh, Nylander done first because he's – Buck, puck that's going to drop first like that's just the order and and they're so far apart at this point and and you've seen some really good trades go down right lately i mean you know we all thought that the the debrinket trade was going to become a, a you know epic bomb for ottawa they still got decent return you know they got cuba league a first round pick you know detroit got uh debrinket for four years and and good dollar amount so like you know, we saw the Mac and Chuck deal work. Like, even though guys are forcing their hand, it's just a matter of time of finding the right partner. I think what they're looking for, I think they're looking for a goaltender. That's 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 what I would be looking at if I were them. I, I'd be looking at some semblance of Nylander and Matt Murray to Anaheim for Gibson or some, you know, something like that. You know, I'm I'm not gonna break out the PS5 tonight on you. Oh but. come on! I was just about to call you out on that too. All right, fine. I can fine, hear, fine. I can hear it being fired Gibson. up in the background. Gip, Pittsburgh wants Gibson, so Gibson goes to Pittsburgh. Jari goes to ta- goes to Toronto, and they, they, oh, that's other team talk. I don't care. That's not bees. <laughs> but I mean, who knows? Allmark's name keeps coming up too. Oh, John. Oh, John. 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 I know it's crazy. He's not a bust. He's, he's not he's a, bust. a bust. He's he's a work in progress, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's a, a first run Bruins crew on that. He's a bust. See, this is the type of people that that I love fucking talking to because I laugh at all of them. They're always the ones that say, if you if you're a first round pick and you don't make it to the NHL within a year or two, you're a bust. It's like, come on, this Root is the new NHL. <laughs> this is the new NHL when we take patience with our younger players. Jesus. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. Besides the possibility of Bergie coming back, do either of you see a trade of some sort before camp starts? What player or players go and what player or players come to the Bruins? I'm going to let you take this one first. I think we have a very similar feeling on this one. Um, uh, I don't know. 
I think for right now, nothing happens. You have too much in-home work to do. You have to figure out Bergeron. You have to figure out what's going to happen with Frederick and Swayman. You're trying to avoid the arbitration deadline. Right now, you have to assume you're going to hit it. And based off of projections, and, and shout out, Dom, you've had some great projections on some of this. Frederick's going to be about a $3 million player through arbitration. So you want to try and get him below that. And right now, the comp for Swayman is the four by four and a half that Ottinger got down in Dallas. So right there, you're lower at, than that. You're right there, though. You're at $7 million. You're 800 grand over what you have for cap space. So you have to figure that out first. I agree. I think you can get them both in lower. Ironically, if you give them a little bit more term, like I feel like you could get Frederick for two years at 1.75, maybe. And then Swayman, you can probably get at like three years for three mil. But you're that damn close. You got to get that stuff figured out before you go make another move. Right. I And to answer his question about players in and, and ones that are going out, it, that really intrigues me because we're still up against the salary cap even going into next season. You know, I, I honestly I honestly do believe that Evan Gold and Sweeney are going to do their due diligence to be cap compliant and so on, but it's still going to be a carousel of movements. I mean, you we talked about this last week, although the last time we did a Black and Gold Hockey podcast, that, you know, uh, Jacob Lauko is probably going to be labeled as that guy that's going up and down 95, and even though it's, um, you know, paper transactions mostly. But Get the easy path know. ready to go, my friend. I just... I, I I mean I see moves happening to relieve cap space, not what's coming in. But I also see moves for draft capital because the Bruins well, absolutely friggin' need it. That's just it. I, I I feel like if there's another move to be made, once they get a little bit better of a clearer picture, they don't have to be at the arbitration deadline. They just have to know that this is roughly where they're gonna end up before they sit there and they go, okay, well now in order to make this work, because yes, they have the the 10% overage that they can hit. But if it's one thing that we've learned from Don Sweeney, even though he has the flexibility, he does not want to use it unless he absolutely has to. He does not want to paint himself into a corner where he has one option. And that is to dump salary. If you look at every other team right now, looking at the Maple Leafs, they're sitting there going, Oh, you want some help with your situation? I'll trade you for William Nylander. That's their only move right now because that's the only move 31 other teams are going to want him to make because without that, now he, now Brad True Living is in a jam. He has to dump players. He has to dump salary. And now it's a feeding frenzy because he fucked himself over. And Don <laughs> Sweeney will not put himself in that position. So yeah, maybe someone goes out, but a draft pick comes back for, for Matt Grizzly or, you know, Derek Forbort. I know, don't they get another buyout window because of the arbitration yes. hearings? Yes. That player has to be above $4 million though, right? Like they can't be at the, is, is that right? Oh, uh, well, he's, he, his AAV is three. Dom's going to be a better person to ask about that. Let's see. But, but if that's, face. if that's true, if that's true, that's telling you that the Bruins want Forbort for depth. Right, and, and I, I, Dom, I'll throw that out to you. I'm going to get caught up a little bit here on some of these comments. Obviously, people laughing. Um, Abby, I need to be the normal. I need to be normal thing one in the chat. Uh, fuck the Leafs. We get that at least once a week, which is awesome. 
Uh, sorry that I'm being realistic and don't live in the land of Oz. Well, you and your Munchin Lollipop Guild go have fun. Uh, does Arb determine years or just money? I think it's just money. I think they do. I think they can do both. I think arbitration can go as much. Mo- oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I'm not sure. And and obviously, I don't want it to come to that. Uh, but as I said, Dom mentions the Bruins have a choice of one or two years with Swayman. Uh, trade Jabrusket deadline and let Pasta recruit Nylander to Boston next summer. They're extremely the close. second time Lucas has said that. They I'm are an eyeballing that. <laughs> they, they are close friends. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, and then above $4 million. So, yes, they do have to be above $4 million. So right now that buyout option would include, not saying I'm going to vote for it, but it would include Carlo, Lindholm, and McAvoy on the blue line, Allmark in the increase, and then it would include Zaka, Coyle, Marshane, and Pasternak. That right there tells you that they're not relying on a buyout window because those are the only guys that would be eligible for the buyout. So – we literally stuck with them for right now. Hey guys, I mean the other, the other option is to keep them, and if and you know, I, I I'm not a fan of burying money when you when you need cap space in the AHL. I I I didn't like it with freaking Wagner, and I didn't like it with Riley. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it just it's not a smart business move to bury money and have it go against your cap for no reason. I mean. As it is, yeah, it sucks, but you're going to have 333000 of Mike Riley on your books this year for doing nothing. He's playing for someone else. And next year, 1.3. It sucks. You don't want to keep seeing that. I will say this, though. At least we're not Minnesota dealing with the Parisi contract and the Suter contract. Yeah, and Suter. Wow, buying them both out. Jeez. It could be worse, but... Like it's a break glass of in case of emergency reason for there for a reason because you don't want to have to use it. Let's see. Don't know what that means. Apparently you don't know what a lot means. Uh, let's see. Don't be a shooter. Oh, that's probably what I believe next summer is a high possibility to be the repeat of the Savard Chara off season. Two big signings coming in. Lindholm and Nylander. Jeremy, they both got to get the free agency first. That's the big thing, right? I mean, you, we can look at the list of next year's free agents. doesn't matter. They have a whole year to re-up. Yeah, and their team's going to want to get something before they walk. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, also, to that point, can we get through this year first? Like, we haven't even started training camp. And you're already looking forward to next offseason free agent signings. Let me ask you this. What happens if uh, if uh, Geeky turns out to be really fucking good? Um, I hope he is. I hope he is. Like, you know, does that mean they need to go out and get and, and drop as much money on Nylander and Lindholm as it takes to get them? Maybe not. Well, maybe not. And again, depending on how this season goes, Dabrowski is movable. Not saying I'm rooting for it, but he's a movable piece who can bring you a lot back. And, I mean, think about it. At this point next year, you could be looking at Dabrowski, Pasternak, and Lysel on your right side top three. I like it's it. pretty damn good. And Dabrowski drove that line for the last, what, two years? Oh, yeah. Something like pretty that. Pretty much. And then you add... And all and hey. Yeah. 
Oh, sorry. Hey, I, I just wanted to like say something like publicly. Please don't take these signings in what order they are in for granted. You're, you're, you're letting your fan card like really, really go out the window on that one. Like, why are you, people are asking me why they're making these signings before Bergeron. They're asking why is Frederick and Swayman still RFA and we just signed this kid, uh, Ian Mitchell, today. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no order. It doesn't matter. Please it's do not get yourself. Rings. I know. you. Uh, freaking people shoot from the fucking hip all the time. And it drives me nuts. Like, oh, my God, we're out of order. We need Bergeron. Sorry. That's how, no, that, that's how they are. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's funny, too, because you can put either spin that you want on it. There's, there's, you know, let's take Mitchell for, for example. They're signing him first because it was, it was the easiest to get done, and because they wanted to lock him in because they're not sure about everybody else. Or better yet, they wanted to get him done and out of the way so they don't have yeah. to worry about him anymore. They got him and locked what, into league minimum, and now they can focus on everybody else. Like there's a positive and a negative to both. Take it however you, you want. And what you did with the signing is you just added to your depth. <laughs> right. And, 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 but that's also it's time. also a one way deal too. So he needs to make the uh, the roster, oh, or he gets he gets sent down. He's he gets exposed. If I'm not mistaken, I think he gets exposed to waivers. <laughs> yeah, as Bruins Meat says, this is like someone not being at practice. <laughs> uh, Jeremy actually has a good question. Although I will say, uh, Ziki Ziki Geeky equals Zaka Ziki. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, let's see. I think Geeky might be a stud. I Fine. do too. Need a one C. We're getting there. Um, as Don points out, Bergeron signed last year when everyone else was done, so they knew how to structure the contract. Same this year. Exactly. exactly. I mean, he's the guy that if you go, hey, we got seven hundred and fifty k exact, he'll go, all right, cool. Let's work on the bonuses. <laughs> right. And you know what? You have thirty million dollars, so make them easy. I don't even care. He's the one guy I want to get in that kind of contract. A anybody else? I mean, I think there's what fifty grand for Lucic and a bonus or something. But, yeah, how crazy is that? I mean, if it kept the cap hit down this year, there's probably a reason for it. But Jeremy has a really good question. I, I, I do want to come back to it. Is DeBrusque a right wing now, or do they see him possibly switching back? I don't. I, I'm gonna go with Dom. Uh, he mentioned this a while ago when he was on our podcast as a regular member. Uh, I think Kevin O'Keefe was with, with me too. And he said, I would not move DeBrosk from where he's at right now. Um, it, I wouldn't. Because I, I kind of would think it wouldn't like mess with his chemistry. I, I don't think he wants to be that type of player that... he. I don't think he does well with versatility, put it that way. Like going from second to third to first, you know, and bouncing around like he was, as younger players do. Some get it, some don't. Some some just want to stick. But I think he works very well and drives the line on the on the on that um not the perfection line, the uh the top line. So top line, yeah. And to your point, he was driving it with Bergeron and Marshan quite a bit of time. So Yes. He's, he's what, twenty four now? Oh, He's 2015. I'm not good with the math. 26. I'm a, okay. 26. And maybe as soon as I said, I was like, "Nah, that's not right." And it's, yeah, he's got to be older than that. 
But, I mean, still, 26 is still young. He'll be a, a UFA at the end of the season. He's playing for a contract. And, and honestly, like, Jake DeBrusque is also the kind of guy that if he goes out, let's say he pops and has – I mean, the guy could legitimately have a 40-goal season. It's a contract year. You know what? If he does, it's okay to not be the team to give him another contract. It's okay to try and use the shoulders of a 40-goal contract season from a guy like Jake DeBrusque to try and make a playoff run. Like, you know, it's okay because you have a guy like Lysel ready to go and or almost ready to go. By that point, ideally, he's ready to go. Um. <laughs> Jesse Gabriel should have made it long before. Oh, my God. John, Dom oh. dropping jokes over here. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was telling <laughs> us that story last week. Oh, oh yeah. Let's see. Jerry I, I, I got involved in that personally. Oh. Dude's, father, dude's father reached out to me, too. <laughs> oh, what, asked for your scouting opinion? <laughs> uh, yeah, basically just, yeah. Oh, man. We'll just leave it. We'll leave it at that. Jeremy says, I don't want to be the constant look ahead guy, but he has a contract coming up and his line mates might be gone soon. So will he have a problem with that? That's a good point. That that is exactly why I'm saying let him use use the shoulders of him possibly having a 30-40 goal season. And then don't be afraid to move on. It's okay to not get something for somebody once in a while if you have a replacement available. Right. And if Lysel's that guy. And he is able to use this year to develop. And you lose Jake DeBrusque for nothing because you go and have a first-round exit with him because you didn't deal him at the deadline. You were a fringe team. That's okay, too. It's shrinkage, as they call yeah. it in business. You know, like, what are you going to do? Throw $6 million at him just to keep him so that you have Lysel on your third line? No. Quite frankly... That's the type of guy that you do let walk because he's going to have good things to say. And you know what? You didn't deal him away like you would have with this other guy, but look at what Milan Lucic is coming back like right now. Nothing but good things. Wants to be here. Is willing to take a discount. And if all you do is simply go, hey, thanks for your time here. It's been great. Go get your bag somewhere. And you root for the player. They'll want to come back. Right. Yeah, I get the whole story, you know, and so on. I'm just not a fan of the of the idea. Of which one? The Lucic signing. It's, I just think that it's just, oh, you know, that's another couple million dollars in my pockets for jersey sales. Yeah, it, it's definitely a jersey sale grab. And I get his leadership too, by the way. I'm not I'm not shitting on Milan. I'm not I think he's a fantastic person, a great player, you know, it's just I just don't see the fit. I think it's more nostalgia than anything else, but I don't know. I I'm think, not a nostalgia type of guy. I, I think it's some nostalgia. I think they're expecting him to have a, a little bit left in the tank. Not a lot, but a little bit. I'm I'm not a huge fan of the move, but I have to see it play out first. Because it does it address the pushback. I'll get I'll I'll fully say that. But there's also players around that also have that as well. Maybe not as cheap, you know, in the market, but still. They could have gone after somebody that's going to, you know, a, a better Greer. Is that what are we asking any, anything more than that, to be honest um, with you? You mean Trent Frederick? No. <laughs> you, you, you have that. And in, in Fred, Fred, hey, Freddie was, you know what? No, I would say better yet in Jacob Lauco. 
because that kid, I mean, he has some wheels on him. He's he's got the he's got something there. Can't quite put a, a, a finger on what it is, but he's got something, and he draws penalties. Uh, Jason says, I can see them building a top, the top nine around pairs, Marshan, DeBrusque, Pasta, Zaka, Coyle, Frederick. They do like doing that. Yep. Um, I agree. I, I, I think that's kind of where they're starting right there. Um, it's just a matter of how do they fill everybody in. And I love Lauco next to Coyle and Frederick. I'm sorry. I love that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, is Marshan fully recovered? Will he ever be? It, it, and I'm no doctor. I didn't go to the New England School of Medicine or anything like that. But from my understanding and my readings are you need a whole year, especially double hip surgery. You need a whole year of not playing a sport and actively recovering, you know, not doing nothing for it to heal 100%. If he plays at, you know and he's not 100%, that just kind of d- d- prolongs the process of trying to get better. And these off-seasons do help in that in that situation. But, uh, you know, I'm expecting we see a better Marchand uh, this season than last, j- just purely by the uh, what happened during the off-season. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say he, he's probably, you figure 82 points is he is a point per game pace. I would put him just shy of that. I, I would probably put him at about 80 at about maybe 67, 70 points, somewhere in that range. Right. Which is perfectly fine, which is perfectly and fine. He's getting older and he's getting older. You know, you know, we all are actually, and things don't heal very well, but you know, that plays, he's also a lot healthier than I am. Jesus. Miles Wood, he would be a good comp. Yeah. And, and how about Miles Wood? That guy got paid, you know? Yeah, he got he got a good contract. He got a nice bank, and Although it was Dom, only, and it was short term too. Dom is you know he says I think Lucic will be a good mentor for Frederick if Frederick is back. Yep, that, no, I, that agree, is, I agree with that. You know, but there's a couple guys like that: Lauco, Greer, Frederick. Yep. All those guys are guys that Lucic can kind of take under his wing. And like I said, that's why I'm saying I'm not totally freaking out about the Lucic signing right now. I'm not a huge fan of it because I don't want it to prevent things that we've seen those types of signings prevent in the past. Guys like that in the past have prevented young kids from getting ice time, getting, you know, NHL minutes and developing, even if it means sending them back down because they're not ready. They've blocked other people's paths. If they've learned from that, then I'm okay with it. Did he? Um, Jeremy just hit something up and let's see. I thought I just had almost a point per game off double hip surgery a year. No, it's the other one that I was looking at. Sorry, I'm jumping. Oh, Miles Wood got the two and a half by six. That's still a good contract for the guy, though. Yeah, but I thought I I must have, somebody must have spoken correctly because I thought it was like six times two. No, no, it's the two and a half by six, but it's still a good contract for that guy. He's got security. He's got money coming in, like I don't know. Um, almost, but what I'm saying is, Jeremy is I. I he's still getting older. He's gonna be another year older, removed from the hip surgery. So even if he's at a point per game play, pace, I, I'm okay with that too. 
Uh, Martian looked great on Friday prior to development camp. Yeah, but that's just skating around, dicking around. That's not with NHL. He's skating with it. He's skating with the coaches, you know, and he's just just staying in tune. That's what you want to see. I saw Zaka um, out in the ice, Jeremy Swayman out in the ice on Monday. So it was really good to see the pros out there before. And you know what that tells me, though, is is that means they're in around the locker room, around these young kids who are there for development camp. They are welcoming welcoming them in. It's making these kids not feel outcasted. It makes them feel like they belong, and it boosts their confidence. I mean, think about it. Now you're you're in the locker room. Yeah, you're getting ready for development camp. But guess what? You got Ray Bork giving you a pre pre speech. You've got Pablo yeah. Zaka walking around the locker room with you. You've got you know Brad Marchand. Like these are guys that you've watched play hockey. That you're now sitting there going, I belong with them. That's a that's a confidence booster. Little oh, yeah. things go a long way. Um, oh yeah, especially when you share the gym, you know. Oh when yeah. You share the gym with the young prospects that are coming in the development camp and so on for the whole week, and you see the pros out there doing it in July. You know, it just you know, hockey players are a mix are a different breed, hardworking people. Uh, Rick, or do we have do we have a another John Brown account here? One thing I will not miss is Taylor Hall falling down on the ice every time he shoots. <laughs> All right. I, I, I don't remember that. I mean, maybe it happened once or twice, but. I actually saw somebody ice. shoot and go sideways, Pavel Zaka, and he scored yeah. a nasty freaking goal, too. Yeah, last so time good I things happen when you fall. On a pretty important goal, yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> I would give Freddie that contract, the two and a half by six. I would do it. I don't know if I'd go six, though, but I'd give him two and a half. Get the Leaf fans out of here. We just got to blow him away with the Leaf blower. Uh, Rick does have a good question, though. What are your thoughts on Mark McLaughlin? I like him. I I think he's going to challenge hard. I don't know if he's going to get it. Um, he still needs a contract, though. I know. I think that uh, with the RFA, uh, you know, the, the team has a little bit of control on the length of negotiation. So I think he, I think he does get a deal done, but um, I think he gets a, a, like a one year, two way deal, you know, something like that. Like before all these signings, which I actually thought they were going to be saving money and not go out and spend so much. I actually thought that a line of Lauco, this is definitely before um, Lucic, but Lauco and Greer, Split time on the left and the fourth line. Beecher is your centerman, while Mark McLaughlin is your right, your right guy. Yeah, I know. We but now, to... now these now these vets come in and they're going to be, you know, trying to earn a spot. And Mark McLaughlin's going to have to like out, outwork them. You know, uh, it's going to be an interesting. It's going to be an interesting training camp, man. Competition <laughs> isn't a bad thing, though. And and, and no, I will it's say, not bad. I will say, I, I again, we're we're looking at. Right now, about six point two million in cap space. Before the McLaughlins get done, you're gonna get the Swaymans done. You're gonna get the Fredericks done, yeah. because they're gonna take up a larger portion. And I'm sorry, but once those two guys are done, then you're gonna call Bergeron and say, "This is how much we've got left for you. This is how we can structure it with bonuses. What do you think?" And then if you have a little bit of money left over, you're gonna go over to Mark McLaughlin and you're gonna say, "Hey." Sorry, this is what we can do for you. 
you know, the whole happy Gilmore line, try again next year. Like, <laughs> you know, right. or you're going to give them a, a proper AHL contract and just say, listen, this is where we're at. This is what we can offer you. Play your ass off. Give us a reason next year, you know, or, or do a two-way deal like you did with Oscar Steen. He, he would probably get more like the Steen deal. One way in year one, two way in year two. Yeah, how weird was that? Dom Dom brought that up. Um, I'm not sure if you brought it up on on a live stream or on Twitter, but um, the whole dealing with Lauco and Steen and how their their contracts were structured, it was very weird. And and who's got the two way in the first year and who's got the one way in the second year? It was. Yeah, so Steen is on this roster based off of the contract. Right. So he's either your third line right wing or your fourth line right wing. Or or try to free. Well, you know, the the Bruins have been lucky in the past couple seasons. Um when the window for you know dropping players down to the American Hockey League opens. Um, they've been pretty lucky because other teams go out and get they get that high talent and you know players. I mean, I'll try. Who am I trying to think? Who Ellie Tolvanen was year? taken off of waivers. Yeah, last... but uh, I'm trying to think of the players. I can't remember right now. What from last year? Yeah, they they, they were a couple. Steen. They got Steen. Steen, for... Steen went through. They got uh, Felino went through. Riley uh, went Riley through. went through. So uh-huh. all those guys that were just like lower, you know, echelon players and probably, uh, you know, the available players that had better AAVs and more attractive to, for other teams to take a chance on, oh. you know, they would jump on like a snake on 95. Dom says the Lauco contract was made waiver proof by guaranteeing them 300000 Interesting. Interesting. So if he cannot go through waivers, now you're looking at Lauco and Steen who can't go through waivers. I'm I'm wondering if a guy like Ian Mitchell is signed to the contract that he's signed to because you look at him as someone you will try to get through waivers. If you can't get him through waivers, you're not going to cry about it. But you you, you know what I mean? Like you want to go into camp needing to make some cuts. And right now you're in a position, let's say that um, that seventh defenseman spot, right now you got McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, Grizzlick, Forbort, and Shattenkirk. So now you got Zboril fighting with Mitchell, let's say. Well, if Zboril takes the fight to somebody else and you're like, okay, well, now we have our seven guys, Mitchell you can drop. If he clears waivers, great. He's depth and down in Providence. Yeah, valued and, asset down there. And you didn't give a ton of stuff to get him because you got what you needed out of that deal, which was the draft capital, the the um, cap compliancy. Whereas, let's say he plays his ass off, and now you have eight defensemen, and you sit there and go, shit, we want to keep seven of them. Well, you know what? That deal for a fourth-round pick for Matt Grizzlick, let's see if that's still on the table because that will also give us more cap room to work with during the season. So again, is that how you want to completely operate? No, but if you look at all of your forwards and stuff, you're not overstocked to the point where if you wave someone and lose certain players, you're not that, you know, you're not crying in your cereal. 
Dom brings up another great value, valid point. A player claimed on NHL has to stay on the NHL club. If they send them to the AHL, they have to be offered back to Boston first. There you go. So if you if you wave Ian Mitchell coming out of camp and someone else says we're going to take him, they are stuck with him to Dom's mm-hmm. point. So it's kind of, yep. you know, is this a way where Don Sweeney is looking ahead playing chess when we're all sitting here going trade Derek Forbort because we hate him. I'm playing checkers. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but if it's one thing that we've learned from Don Sweeney, he's not an idiot. You may want to shit on him for a couple bad moves, but guess what? Uh, at least he didn't give up five draft picks for Tanner Janot. <laughs> at least... <laughs> <laughs> that's funny you know, yeah he's been taking a he's been taking a beating lately it's like, like dude it's not his fault man when are you people gonna understand that the players didn't execute and the coach didn't coach come on and at the end of the year if it was the general <laughs> manager's fault we'd have 32 new 31 new openings every year and we wouldn't have gotten orloff Batuzzi, and hathaway just to round out this unbelievable season to try oh, to yeah. really go for it by the way, you wouldn't know that you missed out on Bertuzzi because you never would have had him in the first place. Right. Uh, let's see. Are we still paying on the Mitchell debacle? Uh, unfortunately, there's, I, they're trying to get their way out of it, but I don't know. I don't really want to talk as, about that guy. As, as of Shit right guy. now, there's a there's a penalty on your cap if you buy him out. Yep. And so he hasn't been bought out because it's cheaper to keep him on the books. You've already released the guy. He's not coming around camp. He's not around the team. He's not a member of the team. And His contract is on your books. That's it. That's where you're at. You have a contract that you're trying to shred, and the shredder won't shred it. You're just trying to play paper games with that. Ah, oh, John is uh, is leaving over and out. Who's going to bring the show down? Um, I'm not sure what we're saying zing to, but I'll take it. Probably the checkers move. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. There was, I, I know we've talked about a lot. We talked a lot about the young kids in the system. I'm excited for them. Like I, I know John was, you know, Oh, lost season, this lost season, that, but, when was the last time we saw this many new faces in in the organization that could push for a job? This many. It's been a while. Yeah. You know, I think that relies on what Don Sweeney said. It is uh, exit interview or, you know, uh, when everybody got together with media for the final one of the season. Um was addressing that there could be some uh, young players inserted in the lineup next season. You know, this this lineup could be look very different. And, you know, with the salary cap constraints that they had, I think they did it all right in free agency. They added some decent depth. I, I like JVR. I want to see what he's got in, in, the, in the wheels uh, on the left side. Or is he a right winger? Uh, he can play both sides. Okay, so he's versatile, and you know the Bruins love versatile players like that. Oh, they yeah. thrive on that lately. So I like the addition of him. It's not crazy money, geeky, young, a young kid that's you know not twenty, but he's not thirty. 
He's 24, and after this two-year deal, he will still have RFA rights. Right. Think about that. He will still have RFA rights after this after this deal. If he pans out, that's a solid signing. I mean, and and if you look at this team too, not too many guys are booked out four, five, six years. So there's a lot of wiggle room to play. Yeah, Gigi's got uh, you know he's got to prove it this year and next year. You know, if he wants to stick around any any you know any longer. Um, but I, like, um, I'm not sure who said it, but you know, said he's probably going to be a stud this year because he's, it's a new fresh start for him. You know, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, and he's not, I don't think he's going to be buried on the fourth line. Like so many people think he is. I think he's going to be, uh, possibly a, a nine, maybe even six. He, to me, he's a more talented Curtis Lazar. He'll bang in uh, yeah, there. Yeah. He'll get in there. He'll rough it up, but he can find the net a little bit more consistently. Yeah, exactly. No, no, I totally get you there. And and you know what? If the guy finds a way to play himself onto the right side on the second line, or what would act, you know what I mean? Like on the second line above DeBrosk, then okay, let him. Like this, this has become, this is what we have. We have this, this, and this. Take the other shit, throw it in a blender. Let's throw it against the wall and see what sticks. If it doesn't stick, we'll pull it all off and we'll throw it in again and we'll throw it out of there again. And and you know what? Put some stick them on it. Yeah, we'll throw some stick them on it. And you know what? If JVR doesn't click with anybody, fuck it. We'll trade him at the deadline. Yeah. Like that's those are the pieces that you have. You DeBrusque, Lucic ish, uh, JVR, um, Greer even. Grizzly, Forboards, Borrell, and Shattenkirk. That's what eight pieces that you can move at the deadline to bring in draft capital if you're out of it. And by the way, if you're out of it, if you're so far out of it, you'd want to move those pieces so that you get your top 10 pick from Detroit this year and you can push it off till 2025. Exactly. Because you haven't had a top 10 pick in a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Uh, I forgot. Let's see. Rick says, still feel better this offseason than last year. With last year's injury concerns, who knows? Uh, maybe all the other teams in the Atlantic will suck. That would be great. That would be awesome. Now, I do not want to see another winning season like this. Just, we, we got it done. We crossed that off the box of franchise accomplishments. Let's try to, like, be mid to low wild card. <laughs> this this coming year, okay? Let's let's take the path of the Florida Panthers, but with a little more success at the end, please. <laughs> yeah, but you know what though? Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if I saw him in in that two three hole in the standings. I really wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, they, they still have the team to to be successful like that. Um, but I also just I don't know, man. I don't. I wish I was one of those players to be honest with you. To, not go through the heartache, to be honest with you, but just to, like, where, what happened? Where was the mental block? Why yeah. did it just go away? <laughs> Abby says, Buffalo kind of scares me going into next season. Buffalo's going to be a good, fun team to watch. If you get so a chance is, to watch some of their team, some of their So their are the Senators. Before. Senators the same. I hate to say it, Toronto's going to be interesting to watch this year. I want to see what they end up doing because they're still going to have Swiss cheese and goal. So, yeah, know, I know, I know. Un- 
uh, you know, I got to whip out the PS5 and maybe come up with a few trade scenarios and get those up to Brad for a living. But, you know, maybe may I talk, may, may I talk goaltending for a little bit? And it's Absolutely. not Bruins related. Um, uh, I love the goaltending situation out there. The Carolina Hurricanes. I don't understand what they're doing. Like, I don't, I did not understand the Frederick signing. They, they love their thruple. They love their yeah. goaltending thruple. I didn't understand um, that. Well, the team that does need strong goaltending, I think, to really get them over that bar, they brought him back. And they brought back Auntie Ranta. They brought them both back and they have go check off on a four year deal. Right. I just didn't I didn't I just didn't understand that one. I I think what they're banking on is first of all, I think they're softening a little bit on Kochekov. I think there was some stuff that they saw last year in the American Hockey League that they weren't 100% thrilled with, so they want to let him simmer a little bit more. But also with Ranta and with Frederick, they know they're going to have injuries. He's no Bennington. Stop the attitude. (laughs) Just stop the puck. (laughs) Dom has a good question. Have they hired John Gruden? I've been out of the loop on the weekend. And, and I don't think anybody's been hired to replace John Gruden. That was a, a big loss for them over this past week. Yeah, and more of a lateral move, in my opinion, for John Gruden. But it might be a smarter move for him because Sheldon Keith might be on the hook. And, you know, John Gruden might be that next guy up and so on. So there might be some, some you know, highways to success with a move like this. I don't think it was personal. Like, I hate Boston, and what we did was absolutely ridiculous, and I'm tired of being blamed, and I'm out of here. Because if you're, if you're leaving because of that, and you're going into that market, well, oh, good luck, God. sir. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> but no, no, in all I'll seriousness, I... Something. <laughs> yeah, in all seriousness, I think John Gruden did... I think that the, the, the mission that him and Jim Montgomery were trying to accomplish over the off season and talking to their players early, especially on the defense about getting pucks, more generated shots from the back end. And it worked, it worked really well for the beginning of the year. I think it really drove uh, not all the offense, of course, but it was more complimentary in each one of their games that they went through. And as they got healthier, everybody started to really come together, but towards the end of the year, and I want to target, it was probably around the Lindholm injury in March. That it really, was it March? I think it was. That's when I think I saw less. And I was like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Why aren't we generating more shots from the blue line? Yeah, no. I, I Obviously, Lindholm was playing with a uh, an injured foot and nothing was helping it other than time off and they weren't letting him have that. So, you know, it lots to question there. But for Gruden, I think this was an opportunity presented to him with a chance of... To your point, Sheldon Keefe has been on the hot seat. Sheldon Keefe is not Brad Treliving's guy. So he has someone, and he's listening. As soon as he falters, if I get a chance, I'm going to move on from him. You're my guy. So I I think that's more or less what this had to be, Um, you know, as far as stepping stones, like you said. Um, It sucks for Boston because they lost a hell of a a defensive-minded coach, but – there's there's going to be someone to replace him. I just don't know who that is. I'm sure there, there's some ideas and, and whatnot, but no, not Adam McQuaid. Let him keep developing the young talent. Yeah. He loves doing that job. I, I'm getting that out there before someone else does. Oh, yeah. it, 
it, it is kind of the, the next logical name that you go to, but it's like, no, just let, you know, he's doing well with the, uh, with the prospects and he's enjoying it. So let him simmer down there. Same thing with Jay Leach. A coach like Jay Leach left the Providence Bruins was probably one of the higher echelon uh, people to be considered for the next job in Boston. And, uh, you know, he goes out to Seattle and and gets an opportunity out there and and, and has done a fantastic job as well, particularly this season. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, those are good accolades. And when, when people are looking for head coaches and so on, he's... A, he's on the, a lot of people's lists. Oh yeah, just like Evan Gold is probably the number one candidate. Same for GM as a general manager. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. My dear God, I want them to just give him a blank check and say, whenever you need to, just cut yourself money. <laughs> just stay here. That's all we ask. Here's the checkbook for you, and just cut yourself whatever you need, because I don't absolutely. want that guy going anywhere. Hey, can you highlight? Can you highlight Rick uh, Rick's uh, question? Uh. Let's see this one here. Brown is designated enforcer for all the baby Bruins in Providence. Exactly. And I wanted to talk about this uh, a a while ago, but I just totally forgot it happens with me. Um, But you notice that the free agency coming in, we've gotten bigger. Oh yeah. Everybody's above six feet and so on. So like Providence, I think is going on the same idea as that. We also, uh, on the idea that we need to protect our younger prospects a little better than we have been. Like, uh, you know, Fabian Lysel getting run, in my opinion, was a with a dirty hit, a concussion at the end of the year. You know, I don't think he would have saved the series against uh, the um, the Hartford Wolfpack in the second round. But um, You'd rather have him on the ice and get a, have a chance. Though. Rather than be healthy and so on. You know, that's, you know, but I honestly think that... Um, uh, Providence uh, is addressing that this year as well. I think bringing in that Vincent Arsenault, uh, he's like the Milan Lucic to the Boston Bruins uh, this coming year. He's a 33, 30-something-year-old freaking monster that just, he's, um, you know, something, another side of slap shot, you know. He's going he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna to mess somebody up. If not, he's probably just going to intimidate somebody uh, you know, don't take runs that are at our players. Or if I'm if I'm in on that action that particular night, I'm gonna I'm coming after you. Yeah, there was a kid who was at development camp, uh, defenseman. I know you got the roster right there. I can't think of his his name, but he was like six four on defense, big big kid. Uh, first first uh, year, I think they just drafted him. But, oh, was it Ethan Ritchie? No, they, no. no, they didn't draft him. Who were the defensemen who were there? Oh, you're talking about that Christian Kostikinski. Yes, him. That kid, <laughs> if you want to delete someone off the face of the earth, just plant someone on the ice and just have him take a run at him. Yeah, he's a big uh, boy. He's a – oh, my God. Andrew and I were Six watching four. him on the ice. They were They were literally teaching him how to skate, which is kind of scary to think about because he's already in a Bruins development camp and he can't skate. But they were working with him on stopping and like just turning and, you know. Well, the it, ice is smaller over here, man. You got to make those adjustments quicker. Oh yeah, but like stopping and he's looking at the coach like, "Am I doing it right?" Asking like like this, you know. But the thing that well, I love about it, a lot is- of that's a lot of that's not not on him being a not a good skater. It's you know a lot of that is edge work, you know. He definitely the- needs edge work. 
<laughs> yeah, the development camp is all the intangibles of training. It's not, you know, uh, yeah, I, I think he skates a little better than you give him credit for. My Bro, oh, he, he definitely does. It's just, it's funny because he deletes people when he hits them because he's such a yes. big, big, oh, yeah. massive body. But it, it just, but what I wanted to highlight on it, though, is, and, and this is with a lot of these guys, it's the work ethic. Do they want to put the work in to improve in the areas where their deficiencies are? Does Brett Harrison want to put the work in to be able to be a more physical player? Uh, you know, someone who I who stuck out to me in a very positive way in this development camp was I Gallagher, young, like small, scrappy kid. I think he's going to BU, BU or he's BC. He's already at BU. So, you know, definitely a ways away from being an NHL player, but he's he's got the will, he's got the desire, he's got the the scrappiness, the fight in him, there's something there. And if he can harness it, he'll be okay. Yeah. I liked what I saw from him. Yep. Ryan Mass, another one that's a good size. Well, yep. uh, remains to be seen what, what's going to be happening with him. Um, Mellis had really good hands. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, one that really blew me away was um, was uh, Trevor Kuntar. Oh, yeah? No. No, I was gonna say, was he there? I didn't see him. No, I'm thinking about somebody else. Why did I say that name? Oh, Riley, Dur I, Riley Duran. Duran was pretty good. Yes, I like. Yes, I saw from him. I, I love don't know Tom why Tom I said Kuntar first. I knew. <laughs> right. I love Ty Gallagher. Oh, I I hope there's something there for him. I really do. Someone that I wanna I wanna meant I wanna keep an eye on. Rick says one more question then i'm out my underdog candidate for making the team is merkulov thoughts team or thoughts Ooh. please rather making the team is merkulov well before all this madness happened with all these pros um he's gonna get an opportunity to show it at camp i don't know if he's gonna get a spot or not to be honest with you but before all this you know one million dollar two million dollar veteran signings i I thought he could have made the camp. I, I thought he could have made it through camp at least. But the the thought that I have is let me know what Bergeron does. Because yeah. if Bergeron's not back, I do see Merkulov as a guy who has a small chance because he wouldn't be waiver eligible. They'd be able to get a look at him. He played very, very well when he moved over to center. You'd want to shelter him a bit. But if he's your third line center, I could see it. If you have, you know, a third line with him, geeky, and you know, I don't know, Lauko, Frederick, someone like that. It, that that's the question. Like, would you put Van Riemsdyk on that line to give him a veteran presence? I probably mm. would. Yeah, somebody Van, that's going to be at the net front as well. Right, Van Riemsdyk, Merkulov, and geeky. That's not a terrible line, but. Merkulov will get you the puck. I mean, he's he's crafty. He's got the sauce. Right. He's got the the speed pass. You know, he rifles it. Um, I just I just don't know if he's gonna be like Merkulov is interesting to me because I put him in a category of he's most likely gonna be playing on the wing if he wants to play in the NHL to start to start to start yeah. and then work his way back. In, you know. It, 
but they just seemed like they developed players like that, like they did with Frederick. Frederick was traditionally a center when he was drafted and went through the national program and, and at, um, at uh, Wisconsin as well, and even in Providence, you know. And, but to get him to the NHL, he had to go on the left side, which turned into, hey, I can also play on the right side as well, right. which is kind of right. crazy. Right. Now he's a $3 million valuation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, so. Um... And it's not a bad thing. I mean, Mikulov has got some really, really good attributes you want to see in your in your in a prospect. But oh, just please be patient with him. If he doesn't make the roster this upcoming season, he's not a bust. He's just, you know, we have more time. The team has control, and there's no yeah. rush. There's no rush. He and, wasn't a first round draft pick, right? <laughs> and it, yeah, true. Um, but uh, what I was gonna say is. You know, some of these younger kids in Providence might not get it in this year. They might get handfuls of games saying thank you and so on. Or if trades happen, a guy like Lowry can come in. But I see beyond next season or this upcoming season that Mercure Lofts, uh, the Mass, and so on, those guys really start emerging. That's when we're really going to see that that youth um, investment that this team is uh has bought into with you know picking later on in rounds, which I'm I'm not gonna say is is very easy, but you gotta rely on your scouting staff to do something to keep you competitive, and I think they've done a decent job. And I'm not I'm not a pundit that says uh, you know that the Bruins can't draft be, just because of 2015. Right, and Dom says everyone thinks the Bruins prospects suck. What they lack is the top ten pick. But if you're picking one of the top five guys in each round, you're doing something right. Exactly. That's why they call him the Dominator, folks. He drops the Dom bombs. Dom bombs. <laughs> I like it. I like oh, it. Oh yeah. We have get, we're gonna have to get Kevin to be like have Dom in the sunglasses. Like, let me see if I can. We'll put like, together a graphic for the Dom bomb, and then whenever he drops can... one, we'll just throw it up in the. Uh... Oh, no, I got rid of it. We'll, we'll get a little animated thing that runs across the screen that's Dom and yeah. it just blows up. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, as some aging players move on, that makes room for the youth that shows their skill and their desire. Right. And let's not face it. Let's not forget the fact that in the 24-25 season, this team right now currently has three defensemen on roster. Just right. three. And that is Lindholm, McAvoy, and Carlo. <laughs> Dumb bongs. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I smell an advertising opportunity. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm sure there's a local weed shop around here that I can talk to, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> but I, we're we're getting to that hour twenty mark. Um, you know, it, it, it's the off season. So, you know, having a little bit shorter, a little less to talk about. I mean, you, we can ramble all night long if we really wanted to. That That's why we do this. But um, do you have any final thoughts? I mean, we can let the folks go a little early tonight. You know, it's a nice raining day down here in the Boston area. So, no, um, no, thanks for having me on. Anybody out there interested in writing? Um, being a part of our team, uh, send me an email, blackandgoldproductionsllc at gmail.com. I want to give a shout-out to Chris Davis. That guy really busted his ass last week. Um, we were supposed to be there all week together, and 
I was only available for a day, and he took the reins and went in and took care of the coverage um, for a B&G production sports media company as a as a credentialed media member. So he did a fantastic job. He was right in there on Monday with the scrums, getting and answering questions and requesting to talk to players. The things that you want to see when we get these opportunities as credential media members, um, you know, guys that want to go in and actually work and create relationships with this organization as we're trying to do right now. So we are getting a lot more opportunities. Um, you know, we're credentialed in all three leagues. So if anybody wants to get involved and they could be serious about it, you know, reach out. We'd love to have you. Podcasters, uh, YouTube members, you know, if you got if you do anything Bruins uh, creativity, digital online creativity, let me know. We'd love to have you. Yep, lots lots of room to grow, and uh, hopefully working on some opportunities for for a bit more as well. So, uh, with that, uh, unless you have any final Bruins related thoughts, I do. The Just Puck got... Off Podcast is officially on Apple Podcasts. Oh, that's right. I saw that. I yeah. got the, I got the email today. So, congratulations that. on that. Thank you. Andrew and I will actually be recording one later this week. Um, we were talking about it. We're actually going to start doing a series where we break down every team. So there's going to be, you know, based off the moves and so on and so forth. So we're, we're going to have a number of episodes coming out during the off season. Depends on who your favorite team is. Yeah. But if, if you want a breakdown, we'll, we'll, we'll be able to connect them back. Obviously, we have how um, many episodes you guys got. Uh, we've got four out right now. All right, I gotta get caught up. I'll do that tomorrow at work. <laughs> we got because you're on Apple Podcasts, so I, that's the only platform I listen to. Because I don't, I'm not at at work. I'm not flipping around to this and that. I set my I set my schedule of listening. Yeah, we got we got the approval from Spotify. They were right on it, um, and a lot of yeah. others. But now that we're Good. on Apple Podcasts, we'll get those caught up, get those out in the uh, in the atmosphere, and. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to go back and listen to them because they were the draft. They were the award shows, you know, but uh, they were a lot of fun. And Andrew and I are looking forward to doing more. It was great to see him at development camp. And um, so we'll, we'll probably do some some discussions on that in our upcoming episode and then more details on uh, the team breakdowns and, and how that'll go. So, yeah, Black and Gold Hockey Podcast comes back next weekend, guys. I'm sorry. I was a little under the weather this past weekend. Uh to get an episode out. I still feel like crap, but still appreciate um, you uh, subbing in. We had, like nah, I said, no Mike, Mike lined up as usual with, uh, with Chris, but he had a, another obligation come up. So uh, Chris, all the best. To, hopefully you're doing well out yeah. there with everything going on. And thoughts, uh, my brother thoughts. Yeah. My brother. Uh, if you get a moment, you know, especially, you know, his hard work from last week, shout him out. Uh, drop yeah. the mitts podcast with him and Mike as well. We've got so much great going program on. and two huge guests this week, two huge guests. Absolutely. And, and he and I have a few other things that we're trying to work on together. So Mark, I'll have to fill you in on that, but, uh, Oh, thanks for making me the last one guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my manager. <laughs> but, uh, Beyond that, this has been What's Brewing. We'll be back again next week, 7 o'clock on Monday. Go Bees! Go Bees.